Game two, Phoenix Suns in L.A., the city of angels, if you will. No KD. Yeah, right. No Booker, no Beal. Only KD is what the Phoenix Suns had tonight. And unfortunately, KD could have used a Robin or two out on the court with him. Suns only score 95 points. They lose 100 to 95. KD goes for 39 points, 11 rebounds. A beautiful game for him individually. But as a team, the fourth quarter Suns, Matthew, they, they didn't look very good, did they? They didn't. You know, Kevin Durant, could he shoulder the load? He did for a while. It just it was too much for him tonight. Great effort, though, man. And it's nice that LeBron can really save his energy for the end of the game. Came through and, uh, you know, finished this off. Well, that's ultimately what it came down to is Kevin Durant had to carry his team through the first three quarters. LeBron James could lie and wait and when the moment was right attack, when the game was 87 to 87 after the Phoenix Suns through the first eight minutes of the quarter had scored a grand total of three points. That's when LeBron James turned it on. Ultimately the Lakers closed on a 13 to seven run or 13 to eight run. I'm sorry. And win the game by five uh, seasons over. And I just want to thank everybody for joining us for all of our post game podcasts because uh, it's been real. It's been nice. And tonight it just wasn't really nice. Not nice at all. It is over. Bunch of injuries. One and one. I wanted to go undefeated. So says Jay. So <laughs> 82 and 82 and 0 is not happening. You know, I wanted as much as you wanted it, but it's not going to happen. So we might as well just give up. Yeah. I don't even know why we do this. It's just, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Uh, I mean, and we can't go 82 and 0 now. And I'm sorry for that, Suns fans. But what I'm not sorry for is spend a little time with you after this game to talk about what we saw tonight here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you get a chance, hit that thumbs up button. If you're on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, leave us a five star review. Follow him at Matthew Lissley. Follow me at Darth Voida. Follow the show at Suns Jam, whatever. Do what you want. Do what you please. Pop it open if you got it. And uh, let's talk about this game against that there uh, Los Angeles Lake. Right, Suns fans, it's 195. Phoenix Suns lose their first game of the season. Now, one-on-one, they split the road trip that included Golden State and Los Angeles Lakers, which brings me to my first question for Matthew this evening. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. I've got to ask this question because it's just, yeah. it's eaten alive at me. It's just, it's one of those things where when you sit there and you watch the game and you're seeing the efforts of Kevin Durant tonight, right? You're seeing how when he's out there, there's fluidity to the offense. There's fluidity to the defense, even with some great plays. He ultimately uh, at one point was like a plus 29 in this game ends as a plus 18, but without Bradley Beal, without Devin Booker, the hell happened to the second team unit in this one man like where did they go after the first half where did sure. they go period they did the same thing in the second quarter yeah no, i don't know no, I, no kd they were they were they were they were they were very very bad oh yeah without kd yeah absolutely yes. terrible what would you expect i you know you that's why kitty had to play the 39 minutes tonight dude yeah he had to come in just make sure that he can keep this game close give the sons a chance in the end he tried his best, and I thought the minions around him while he was on the court did a good job of keeping it close. But when he's gone, man, it's just like when mommy leaves and you just don't know what to do for dinner. So you just start making up imaginary food, kind of like uh, Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, it was – you look at it, obviously, KD plays the entire first quarter, 12 total minutes. And I think that it's you know only appropriate that we do give him his segment. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Yeah, Kevin Durant in this game, 39 total points. He did so 
on 14 of 28 shooting, including 10 of 13 from the free throw line, grabbed 11 boards, had two assists, one steal, eight turnovers in this game, which isn't sexy in any way, shape, or form. But that first quarter, he played all 12 minutes. Uh, he was a plus 12, comes out at the front end of the second quarter, is out for about seven minutes. The team just loses all fluidity, all playmaking ability, just no identity, just a bunch of shooters standing out there like, oh, shit, uh, I I have the ball, but I'm not open. Who can get me this ball when I'm open? He comes back in. He's, he's a plus seven, has nine points in that five minutes and 55 seconds he played in the second quarter. Third quarter comes out, plays all 12 minutes, five of six from the field, 15 points. The Phoenix Suns at that point uh, are up, and they're up big. They're up by like 12, and then that fourth quarter happens. Uh, you know, he only – he plays nine minutes and 28 seconds because the Suns instantly give up eight points. In that final quarter, they score 11 points. Katie has nine of them. Katie has nine. Eric Gordon was a negative 17 in the fourth quarter. The team is outscored 28 to 11. They shoot five of 20 from the field, 25%. One of eight from beyond the arc, 12.5%. And there's your ball game, folks. Fourth quarter. I mean, they had the, this game was right there. And that's the thing we'll walk away from this. And, and I don't think that we're worried as Suns fans, but we'll walk away from this like, ah, let one get away, didn't we? Yeah, there was a lot of miscommunication out there. I mean, those turnovers that KD had, about eight of them, it was really just the guys cutting. I mean, Marv really pointed it out yeah. that they were cutting. They were trying to – maybe it was Marv or – I'm not going to give Richard Jefferson any credit tonight. <laughs> um, they were just kind of cutting towards him, so he was always passing to him, but he was passing towards the outside. They were cutting in. The balls were going out of bounds. Um, so the miscommunication was a big thing. Also, just – KD got really hot there, man. Like he he had the 29 points or the 26 points in the third quarter. I'm like, where the fuck did that? You know, it's just like kind of snuck up on you with the 15 points in the third. All of a sudden he's at 31. And then it's just like, oh, he's cooking. And then once he starts to cook, he's going to take every shot. So they kind of, I feel like the offense just relied on him for everything. Mm -hmm. And just like, hey, just let him go to work. Because he was just jacking up threes, trying to take difficult shots. But they were falling early. It just, he got tired, right? In the first quarter, he was just so drenched, dude drenched in sweat just like could not breathe he was three for nine he was getting to the free throw line which looked good and then the shot started to fall finally because the the whole the big talk really is just katie's kind of looked like in the first game he looked like he did in the playoffs first quarter he kind of looked like that again but then all of a sudden second quarter third quarter it started to fall fourth quarter got too tired um i'm not too upset with the bench and stuff i think just the mis the miscommunication just not knowing really what to do with KD on the floor, even Nurkic having a hard time with him, like KD or try to throw that bounce pass going towards the rim, and KD was kind of going the other way. KD looked frustrated with that, so I don't really blame him there. But I don't blame these guys for being like the way looking the way they look tonight. Like it just, it's one of those things where it's like Bill and Booker out these two games and are the second game, and it's like you didn't expect that, did you? You know what I mean? So no, to hold in against a Lakers team that's full strength, basically. And to really just take every punch by Anthony Davis and the LeBron James at the end, closing it out. I thought it was a well-played game by them. It's just KD went cold and he just got too tired. And this was his game to win. I'm not saying this is all pressure on KD, but KD, he just wanted this, right? Yeah. Passing Akeem Olajuwon in, uh, for 12th in all-time scoring. Like, that's huge. And I think Massive. he just wanted to kind of close this one out tonight and just couldn't get it done, which is fine. Didn't expect him to. I kind of thought this one might be a loss. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, go, going into this, I definitely thought that this was going to be a loss just based on the fact that we were down two of our big three that Anthony Davis showed a week ago when we played the Lakers in the preseason that he can just have his way with Yusuf Nurkic. Like, there's no planet in which Yusuf Nurkic is on the same level as Anthony Davis, and at times, Anthony Davis knows it. I mean, Anthony Davis ended tonight with 30 total points, I think 14 rebounds, 13 rebounds, 30 and 13 for uh, Anthony Davis, he was 10 of 17, great field goal uh, percentage, one or two from beyond the arc and nine of 10 from the free throw line. And we knew that was going to happen. We knew that he was going to be somebody who was going to dominate this game. The fact that Kevin Durant did what he did kept us in the game because, again, as you mentioned, not only when, when he was not on the court, uh, the team had a lot of miscommunication. They just lacked chemistry. The talent's there. The chemistry's not there yet. 
And that's one of the challenges with this game, obviously, is both Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen got the start in this game. So what does that mean? Well, that means your overall depth is going to be depleted because those are your guys who should be coming off the bench who are going to be playing against second-team unit guys who can light them up. You know, Eric Gordon is not going to be shooting 16 shots a night for the Phoenix Suns. In this case, he was 6 of 16 for 15 points, but that's not going to happen. But the Suns and what Frank Vogel did is he went to a nine-man rotation tonight. And I thought that was kind of interesting, and I think this might be the first time this year that I have to ask the Jamsters ever so politely to cover their ears for the Frank Vogel drop. thought it was interesting some of the decisions that Frank Vogel and his team, uh, his, his uh, coaching staff made in this game. And some of them were good and some of them were not. I think defensively, the Suns were had a defensive strategy to deploy and they did it successfully through the majority of this game. It was, you know, they were doubling isolations. They had active hands. They were in passing lanes. They were dropping defenders on the weak side. And you could see and you could feel a defensive strategy be in place, which is, Something, I, at least for me as a Suns fan, that I didn't necessarily feel happened during the Monty Williams era. Did you see the defensive strategies in place for the Phoenix Suns uh, tonight, Matthew? Yeah, I did. I think it just kind of stuck out more with Kogi and Goodwin just kind of doing their shit. Um, to me, I think um, the guys that kind of took like the bad end of this are the short stick on the, <laughs> on the defensive end was kind of Yuta. Yuta out there was kind of having a hard time keeping up with everybody. And also just Grayson Allen, I think he's he's having a tough time really keeping up in these games. He looks a little lost to me in my head. I'm just like, is he is he out there playing 100? Is he actually giving a full effort, a full fuck? That's how it kind of looks. Obviously he is, but he's just getting outplayed every time defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, when it goes down to the bigs, it was just a tough one again for Nurkic and the Eubanks. Just couldn't do anything. So defensive schemes of course like i have to go back and watch the tape i have to look at the film john to really yes. break down the defense but they just kind of got screwed over all night but you know a lot of missed shots by the lakers a lot of good shots like lebron hit the guy in the corner miss you know little little like 16 foot shots that kind of look like they were wide open just missed so the suns kind of got lucky this wasn't more of a blowout in the fourth to me that's how i saw it yeah no i agree and i think that again it was an interesting i i was happy to see the defensive strategies deployed and it just again the reason it feels like it's one that got away is because with those defensive strategies deployed they flustered the the lakers throughout the game they forced them, them they forced them to the perimeter and had some bad perimeter shooting they ultimately shot 17.2% uh, from beyond the arc in this game and that's what you want is you want them shooting from the outside and the flip side of that is with a depleted starting five. Again, as I mentioned, they only had a nine man rotation. We didn't see Metu. We didn't see Bade, uh, Keita Bates Diop, uh, no Azubuki, no Bull, Bulls, no Saban Lee. And the reason we didn't see those players is because they are Chimetsi Metu, Keita Bates Diop, Yudoka Azubuki, Bull, Bull, and Saban Lee. So it was kind of a short bench tonight because these are the players that the Phoenix Suns are going to play with Duran, Akogi, Nurkic. Gordon Allen, Eubanks, Wantanabe, Little, Goodwin. And then you throw Bradley Beal, you throw Devin Booker in there, and that kind of completes the 11-man rotation that we should see with regularity throughout the season. As No Good says in the chat, Coach had uh, good challenges tonight too. So I think overall, Frank Vogel, I liked what I saw. Even in an L, I liked what I saw from his staff from a defensive deployment standpoint. I'm good with the rotations. I feel like, and, and something I feel like we kind of experienced in the playoffs last year is – in those moments in which like there was no KD or no Booker, Monty would just start throwing shit against the wall. And Frank Vogel stuck with what he wants to work on and what he feels he can do to develop that team chemistry with some of those players. Obviously, in the fourth, you bring back Kevin Durant a little bit early because you're like, well, I'm also trying to win the game. But I like that he kind of stick to he was sticking to his guns and he kept the Phoenix Suns rotations as much as he can uh, intact for this game. 
Yeah, what a letdown uh, KBD has been. He hasn't even played. Yeah, but I mean, is Nazir Little better than KBD? Blaze Maker. Like, that, that's a that's a good question. What do you think yeah. on that? Oh yeah, obviously. I don't know if Little's even getting enough minutes though. He played the 13 minutes, but his two shots that he didn't miss, like they look confident. He's kind of spacing better. He's playing better defensively. He the last preseason game he looked better defensively. I think overall he's a better just just replacement for KBD. He's a bigger dude than I thought he would be on the floor. Yeah. He makes it difficult for anybody he's guarding. Offensively, I just think he spaces the ball or spaces the floor better right now. And he's not really hitting his shots, obviously over two, but he's a guy I feel like I can trust more out there. KBD. I don't know if you could put him in games like this. Games for KBD might be, uh, I don't know, like New Orleans, you know, the, the Pelicans maybe. I, you know, just teams that – well, the Pelicans are actually pretty good. I was actually thinking about the Charlotte Hornets. I was okay. about to say the New Orleans Hornets. <laughs> just teams <laughs> like that you might need to test them out there with because the confidence you have to have. And I think Little has that right now, right? I think in his position – him coming off the bench trying to earn minutes. He has that confidence now that I can see body language wise that can have that he can earn minutes now with the Suns team. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> overall KBD does have more talent. Uh or or, or better holistic player, I think, I would say, than Nasir Little. But Nasir Little right now is somebody who Frank Vogel is going to be trying out for probably about 10 games and seeing if he can again develop some chemistry, gain some confidence, because he does have a better or a higher ceiling than someone like Kata Bates Diop has. So that's what Vogel's playing with right now. He's like, with all the talent that we have on this team, we're going to put a guy with high upside out there, see if we can unlock aspects of his game. And if that doesn't work over a 10 game period, yeah, then we're going to go with the more fundamentally sound KBD with somebody who also needs a confidence boost, but ultimately Little's going to be the guy that we're going to be seeing for probably about 10 games. And I think that's the best way to kind of attack this and to approach it from a coaching standpoint. Looking at other aspects of this game, uh, you know, obviously Big Dick Booker was out with the the foot injury. There's a pending MRI I heard today, which means that he could be out for two games. So, Matthew, is this because of his book ones that he wore in the first game against the Golden State Warriors? God, what is this, like one of those Zion things where he wore his, his own shoes the first time they broke apart? Yes, <laughs> injured him for the rest Blue. of his life. <laughs> yeah, the worst news ever. I mean, first it was a toe, now it's a, now it's a sprain, a sprained foot. So it doesn't look good, right? We're gonna say two games right now, but you just know this thing might linger to where it can be. I'm just thinking this is what I first thought, maybe like a two week thing, just to keep him safe. And it sucks because the reason people yes. are so frustrated by it, it's not because it's like, Oh, load management or like, uh, these guys need time off or it's okay. It's early in the season. Just make sure this doesn't linger and carry towards the end of the season. It's okay to do it right now. It's just the fact that you have new guys on the team. You just want to see them. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the That's, KD yeah. thing where he came here and got hurt and I was so pissed off, but it's like, we still have KD Matthew, but still, I want to see him play. That's the frustrating part. And when the team just has to get together and kind of gel in a way to really get these kind of wins, you want to see them on the court together. So, of course, it's going to be a little frustrating. Yeah, how Phoenix Suns is it to get Bradley Beal and then, like, he's out, Devin yeah, Booker's out? Because it just happened with KD last year. I forgot already. It's just it's so <laughs> normal. Yeah, it's weird. And, and I think the frustrating thing about Devin Booker not playing and obviously Bradley Beal missing the first two games is it's fortifying a lot of the people who are beating that drum all summer long. Well, none of these guys will be healthy. This is a dumb move because of health. And it's one of those things, I guess the best way that I can equate it personally is I'm somebody who works in operations. I was in recreation management. I'm in food and beverage management. So I, I manage a lot of operations. So let's say that you have a big banquet coming in. You got a thousand people that you have to feed. There's a lot of little things that you have to do operationally to make that successful. Right. And it's almost like you're sitting there and you've come up with a, an, an operational game plan on how it's going to work. And you got one person there the whole time telling you like, it's not going to work. Don't use those sternos. Those sternos are ass. Uh, if, if it, uh, wind comes through, it might blow them out and then you're not gonna be able to have your food hot on the banquet line you're like no no man like trust me i know this it works and then you put on the event it's a windy day outside and the sternos are blown out and there's that and that guy's standing right there's like see see told you told He'll you stand in the back that's what's going on right now is you have some of those people who were beating those drums all summer long they're taking their little victory laps and it's game two everybody it's game two it's not the end of the world 
I'd rather have it happen right now than the last two games of the season. The Phoenix Suns, without Bradley Beal, without Devin Booker, against the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that national pundits get on their knees to blow on a consistent basis. The Suns were competitive tonight. Even though they were out of sync on defense, they were out of sync on offense, primarily with the second team unit uh, on both accounts, defense and offense. Uh, they're a team that was their own worst enemy. You know, I wrote the bright side of the sun game preview and recap. And I said, you can't turn the ball over tonight. That's got to be it's it's got it comes down to rebounding. So not allowing extra possessions and not turning the ball over. They turned the ball over 24 times after turning the ball over a shit ton of times against the Golden State Warriors. You do things like that, you're going to lose. They gave up 29 points off turnovers in a game in which the the opposition in the Lakers only scored 100 points. So all of that's happening. The growing that this team... Did you see the list on TNT where it just like showed the graphic of all in and out? It's like it's going to take time to develop chemistry, yes. And we still only lost by five. I know there's no moral victories, but like I'm not upset about this loss nor does it feel like a lot of the jamsters in the chat are either. I'm not upset. It's the fact that it's the Lakers. And even in the preseason games, these games Fair. are hard fought from both sides. I know it's only game two, but to me, I feel like every game, especially the West, does matter. And when you're missing your guys and you come you come so close, you lose by five, it is a moral victory in a way. But you just you want to see these guys out there. And I just think that what the Lakers brought tonight just kind of showed you what they are too. You know what I mean? It's like you have Anthony Davis and spurts and then here comes LeBron to close it out. So yes. then that's what Katie was missing. And I was just that other guy to help him out. A hundred percent. Yeah. And he's missing those shots. It's not like, Oh, Katie, like you, you fucking suck Katie. No, it's not that. Don't take that as a screen grab right there. I don't really mean it. He doesn't <laughs> suck. He just got too tired. So they have each other over there with LA we don't have other guys. We're going to have to wait. It's going to be a long motherfucking season. Like, it's so crazy to come into these seasons and just be like, oh, yeah, Beal, Booker, Durant, like the big three. Hell yeah. But it's like we're Suns fans. So we have to be expecting not the worst, but there's going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a fire in the kitchen, I feel like, sometimes this season. So this is one of them. All right. It'll be put out hopefully in a week or two, I, I feel like. And the key to success is to not put flour on a fire in the kitchen. Use baking soda. Okay. Is that it? I was going to ask you, like, how do you put it out? Because you're you're the man to know, right? Yeah, you put on the baking soda, man. I I'll never forget. I was uh, I was a cook in the army for ten years, right? Three three active, seven national guard, and being in the kitchen one time, our mess daddy, right? Like the 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 dining uh, the dining facility staff sergeant or sergeant first class. There, somebody had a grease fire going. We we're making a roux. A roux is, you know, some oil. You put some flour on it. You make it into a roux. It's, it's, it's stock, whatever. Some guy had let his uh, oil get too low, and all of a sudden there was a grease fire. And he comes, the 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 mess daddy comes down. He's like, he looks around. And I'm over there like cutting vegetables or something. And he grabs a big bag of flour and puts it on the on the grease fire, and whoo, oh, it's a massive fireball. It's like, <laughs> dude, you, how do you not know? It's like it's it, you, you throw the baking soda on that shit or baking powder. One of the two, something that says baking, not flour on it. And that's just a, a random as he's, a ra as he's uh, laying there, they just fried on the floor. Like, how do you not know? Dude? I'm like, he's dude, like, where he's like, he, his eyebrows are gone. He's just <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, I'm like, but how do you not know Sergeant? <laughs> but a uh, couple of guys I want to talk about tonight. Where's my dog? Jordan. Dog. Uh, there's my dog. Still don't got a graphic. Oh, you know, I don't. You know, I was looking yeah. at this. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. I apologize, <laughs> everyone. Jams. So first, it's subreddit, last pod. Now it's no Jordan Goodwin. Well, graphic. but you did the subreddit tonight. So we're, we're, we're groovy. So sure, you, I did. You totally redeemed yourself, which we appreciate. Uh, Jordan Goodwin tonight, 30 minutes played. We knew he would get a lot of play off the bench. 14 total points, 6 of 15 from the field, only 1 of 5 from beyond the arc. But he had 6 rebounds, a couple assists, a couple steals. You know, Jordan, Dogwin, what are, what are your thoughts on his on this on this I'm loving this guy personally, man. Yeah, yeah. The floater, dude. He has yes. the absolute the best floater on the Suns team. He does. He missed one that he tried to bank in, but he was automatic on all of the other ones. And there's nothing I like more than a good floater. That's all I like is a good floater. It's like it's 
it's insane when you just you you love a guy so much for his defensive capabilities and he comes out there he has he has some unique passing skills too Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's just in the lane i'm like what's he gonna do oh there goes the floater hey and it it looks great it's it's the best thing to have on a player that's going to be a fan favorite and probably the hardest guy out there other than I feel like a Kogi who they look exactly the same out there on the court. Yes. I, just, I thought they were the exact same player, but um, you know, too many minutes for him. Right. I mean, I just, no. I don't know what else you want from him. Right. No, I mean, when it, you're trying it, to rely on him to like make a shot or do something, he's not going to be that guy. He's still out there with KD. Yes. And you know, he just can't get that done though. No, he's our second team guy that we're going to fall in love with. And be infatuated with the way that he plays defense with how he has that grit and that intensity. And we saw it on display tonight. And I thought it was highly enjoyable basketball. As soon as I saw the floater, I was like, Oh, Stefan Marbury light. And I know that even though we keep saying the word floater and it sounds like somebody who didn't flush or maybe did an upper decker. If you don't know much (laughs) about Matthew, Matthew loves guys who got sick float game. Like you love Stefan Marbury. Jason Kidd had that float game a little bit. I mean, that's kind of like a a, a Lysiism, right? Like you love guys. Tony Parker had a great float game too. I fucking hated that goddamn floater. You know, I hate him so much. But not the greatest assist guy. I will say that simply because I had a little parlay tonight. And I had AD over two and a half blocks where the dude abided. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I needed two and a half assists from Jordan Goodwin. He only had two. I was like, come on, man. Just all oh, that whole fourth quarter. He's like, against. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it was a free bet thing. It was like bet five bucks or some shit. And I was like, okay, I'll just do this and try to make oh, a little man. money. I did. I did cash in on a Chris Godwin touchdown tonight for in the, the bucks. You know, did you remember football was on tonight? Okay. So <laughs> I, I've been saying, so I want to just hear something really funny. Yes. Last weekend. This is hilarious. Everyone. I hope you're sitting down last weekend. Is like the first weekend I didn't do any waivers or do anything. I set my lineup five minutes before. What? Who are you? First kickoff, and I got I went four and zero, four and zero. First time I've done that in forever. I went four and zero. What did you learn? What did you learn? Just don't give a shit, and you'll yeah. still make it in this world. Don't give a shit. That's what. That's what you yeah. have to do. That's no, I, I watched the first half of the football game. I watched that, and then I, when I knew the Suns game was getting close, uh, when halftime hit, I went over to the the Milwaukee bucks in the 76 as I watched the end of that game. And then I, I got off work early tonight. So okay. I, I made sure that I, you know, came in and, and just watched some football, watched some basketball, a uh, couple call offs at work, but I got some things covered. And I was like, you know what? Always. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. those call outs, dude. Telling you, man. over there are not doing their job. I need to be grew for Halloween. That's what it comes down to just to kind of keep it real with them. So a couple things I wanted to hit on uh, an old segment, an oldie, but a goodie. Let's dust this one off a little bit. Reggie says, "Can Reggie Miller on the TNT broadcast, man? Uh, just, just gold, gold by Reggie Miller. There's the one play early in the game where I think Delo's passing the ball in the interior, and Reggie's like, oh, great pass! It's like it just turned over, like it was an interception <laughs> on the play. And another time where he was just, he was just, oh, LeBron on a chase down block, and then they showed the replay, and it's a clear goal. It's like not even close." to being a, a correct call. They got it wrong. Uh, that's one yeah. that uh, that's another one that Frank Vogel could have overturned. But Reggie Miller, he, he's already in NBA finals form. Yeah, he is. And the one thing that drives me nuts, and everyone does it all year, is just the 21 years of LeBron. Like every mm. time he mentioned his name, he had to mention mm. the fact that it was the 21st year of LeBron. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to hear it all season long. Yes. That's the one thing. I mean, you know what? If I was doing his job, you know, backstage, yeah. just hanging out, you know, trying to go over notes, I'd write down, oh, 21 years, 21 years, 21 years. Everyone's going to love to hear that. That's how you, I guess that's how they think. Like, I would, I guess that's what I would do. I don't know what else to talk about. Here you go. 21 years. So at the free throw line, LeBron James in his 21st year. Oh, he made a free throw in his 21st year. It's like, it was it's kind of like John Madden at the end of his career. He's just like, well, yeah. if you want to get a first down, you need to get 10 yards, right, Pat? And Pat Summerall's there, just like a shriveled raisin. Um, just like, yeah, John, whatever you say. Teradokin, buddy. And that's like Reggie Miller when it comes to his uh, word vomit when it comes to LeBron. And just mm-hmm. overall love of the Lakers. And of course that's, you know, us being facetious. Anytime you're watching a broadcast, it always feels like they're talking about the opposing team ad nauseum. It's just the fact 
that LeBron James over and over and over and over and over and over again, we heard that it was his 21st year. Nurkic watch. Yusuf Nurkic in this here game, uh, a total of 14. Oh, that's last week's. <laughs> or that's Whoopsie, last one. I forgot I to delete that one. Yeah, huh? I was like, whoa, my, I saw 14 rebounds. I'm like, that wasn't Nurkic. <laughs> 28 points, only four points uh, in this game. Do you know what we call scoring four points around here, Matthew? What's that? That's called pulling a DeAndre Ayton in his debut with the Portland Trailblazers. He scored four points. He had nine total rebounds, three steals, three assists, Five personal fouls, one of five from the field, oh, a two overall. What were your thoughts on Big Nurk tonight? Is it weird that I don't hate it? I know you mentioned DeAndre Ayton, yeah. but we would come in here and just destroy Ayton because, yes. you know, we, we we saw that game in preseason where he did the same exact thing against the same exact guy, Anthony Davis. Wasn't as bad. I think um, I think Nurk needs everybody else around him for sure. I think he's definitely the facilitator when Bill, Book, and KD are out there. He can start to get things going, but it just doesn't look right. As soon as he grabs the ball, there's just commotion going on around him. He's losing the ball everywhere. He's yeah. trying to make things happen, not making the right play. But I'm just like, oh, that's Nurk. But then also in the first half, I'm like, I thought he played pretty decent. I know the stats weren't there, but, I mean, he was he was doing his job, really. You just have to have a confident center. The fouls are going to be there. They're going to be there. And mm-hmm. you know what? With Eubanks backing him up, he didn't do his job either. So those guys, it's it's a lose-lose, really, with both those guys against Anthony Davis. Yes. But for the most part, the game wasn't too bad. You just can't rely on him to get anything done because he's too slow. When he tries to back down Anthony Davis at the end of the game to try to get you know an easy bucket or something and he loses the ball, it's like, I expect that. I just I do I don't get upset because I just don't have any expectations that as much as I did with DeAndre Ayton, but I just know that when Nurkic is surrounded by the full core, he's gonna look even better and he's gonna have better games against the lesser centers, not Anthony Davis. This yes. is just what happens. Yeah, AD is an all NBA center. Uh Raphael in the chat says five turnovers from that bum. Do you think that Nurk's a bum? No, I don't. I, I really don't. No, no, not right now. Maya, Maya says that Nurk moves like a turtle. We know that, though. Yeah. We know that. And he gets paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, do you blame you know, him for this this loss? No, like, no, no. I, just, I, I don't, really. Is it a disappointing performance when you look at the stat sheet? Yes. Uh, is it expected? Yes. That's... Again, as, as you stated and what we witnessed last week against Anthony Davis and what we knew coming in, that this was going to be a matchup that just doesn't favor him. And Freddie says in the chat, Jokic will eat him alive. Jokic will eat him because Jokic eats everybody. But I don't think alive. I don't think so. I think that Nurkic has a good history against Jokic. I think that because of the lack of speed that Jokic plays with, Nurk has the ability to stay in front of him and, and negate some effectiveness, especially on the rebounding side. When it comes to Jokic, Anthony Davis is long and athletic and can, in two steps, get right by him. So, yeah, I, I, there's definitely a lot of people I saw on you know Twitter slash X tonight during the game who are kind of shitting on Nurkic. I'm just not there. I don't think I'm there yet. And I think it's probably because I'm it's post eight and I'm post the eight and trauma. And I don't, much akin to yourself, have the expectations for Nurkic. I look at every time I see Nurkic, I look at a combo. I go, okay, we've got Nurkic, but we also got in that deal, Nasir Little, who gave us minutes tonight, Grayson Allen, who gave us minutes tonight, and we'll talk about momentarily. And I think that, you know, you look at Aiton and you broke it down, you broke him down for pieces, and those pieces ultimately are going to help you win ball games. And although he didn't have a great uh, trouble or uh, a great uh, performance tonight, as so says Jay says in the chat, let's not discount the fact that Nurk was in foul trouble because Justin Van Dyne is terrible at his job. That's hundred percent correct. If you don't, if you if you don't, if you recall, Justin Van Dyne is the referee who, when we played the Lakers, I want to say two years ago, double teed up Devin Booker when Devin Booker was cooking and kicked him out of the game, and the Suns lost I didn't that know game. That was, him. that was Justin Van Dyne. I'll never forget it because our buddy in the chat from the Fanning the Flames podcast, so says Jay, who's a savage when it comes to his knowledge of taylor swift random lyrics pointed it out and i've noticed it ever since (laughs) like so says jay knows every ref and he'll tell you who what when where and how they've sucked at their job 
And Justin Van Dyne did that again tonight. Yeah, encyclopedia of knowledge over there from Sosa's J when it comes to refs. Um, and the one thing with Nurk too is he gives a fuck out there always. Like yes. that's that's why because he's always talking, he's always in the middle of things, and he might lose the ball, and he's gonna have the turnovers, and he's gonna have the shitty layups that are gonna he's gonna miss. But he gives a fuck out there, man. That's probably why it's a big difference. It's because there's not any plays. You're like, dude, what are you doing? At least he's hey doing it, but he's losing the ball while doing it. And again, there was some. Uh, it- <laughs> The, the, the tic tac, the tic tac fouls are just kind of annoying. The other guy yeah. that won that deal was Grayson Allen. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. Hasn't been fucking shit up thus far this season. Oh, 35 minutes played, two of six. From the field, six total points because uh, they were both from beyond the arc. Six rebounds, four assists, uh, no turnovers from Grayson Allen because it didn't feel like he was out there the entire game, Matthew. You talk, we've talked about it in the past, kind of the guys who disappear. And like, oh, shit, he's out there. If I had told you that Grayson Allen played 35 minutes tonight, that he played the second most minutes out of all Phoenix Suns, would you have believed me? I would have never believed you, but would he have been like, holy shit, I'm going to start the first two games for the Suns and play 35 minutes? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, it, he's just out there. He's a sack of potatoes, man. He's not really moving around. He's just kind of what I see is just down on himself, doesn't believe in himself. It does. That's how it looks. So I'm not really familiar with Grayson Allen too much, right? I haven't really watched him too much, but mm-hmm. getting played out of a game again, but being on the floor at the same time, it's just kind of a difficult thing to do, I think. Yeah, it's not the role that I think he expected that the Phoenix Suns during their training camp had envisioned for him. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's thrown right into it. And that's another thing we have to remember here, Jamsters, is in the past, training camp was like a month long. It's like two and a half weeks right now. Boom, boom, boom. Get out there and play. And we're going to have these issues uh, in the season, especially early on. And the nice thing that we have is we have a somewhat easy schedule coming up. We play the Jazz, who lost to the Clippers, or I'm sorry, the Sacramento Kings in their first game. And when we play them on Saturday, it'll be the second night of a back-to-back for them. Then we got two against Wemby and the San Antonio Spurs, which will be exciting to watch because, in theory, that team's not going to be good. But, you know, with Victor Wembanyama, you never know what's going to happen. But it's just interesting that Grayson Allen has been thrown into this uh situation and of course he's not playing accordingly because it's not really what he's been designed to do no and i do think though we're gonna have some good games by him but right now it's just kind of like he's feeling himself out there what to do and he doesn't seem like he really wants the ball to do anything and when he does have the ball he's not making the correct play right he's i don't Mm -hmm. think he is i think he knows that too but he just doesn't know what to do with it that's how it looks Agreed. Uh, completely mm-hmm. agree. He's just got to learn to get that rhythm. Jason L in the chat says, Sun's got no size. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Did you know that the Phoenix Suns have out-rebounded their opponents, not only the first two games, but in every game in the preseason as well, they out-rebounded their opponents. So the Suns are a good rebounding team. They had some struggles in their last game with some uh, allowing Dario Sarge to get offensive rebounds. And in this game, I think that the rebound was very, very good, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I, it's just they're they play crazy, like with tenacity. They're just out there. They're, the first half with the Lakers, man, they just the, the fight in them was just so much bigger than what the Lakers brought. It just they were just out hustling every play, and that's how they do it. You know, size is you know it doesn't always matter, right? I don't think. I think Corey <laughs> Flynn. Corey Flynn says. Just really quick, Corey Flynn says, uh, agree Metu out there would be nice. I guess they're talking about Metu in the chat. It, it would have um, been nice for some been nice, but Do we minutes. do that right now where we're just like, oh, you should have played this guy and you might have won? Oh, you we're going to be doing do that. that. We're going to be doing that all season because I believe that. That's what, we, that's what and, we do. Well, no, and I think that Suns fans believe that this team is deep. And because of our depth, we're like, anytime we don't win a game or a guy doesn't play successful, clearly putting somebody else in would have been successful. I too would have liked to see some Eubanks minutes when Nurkic got his fourth foul. It's like, pull him out of the game, put Metu out there for like three minutes and just see what happens. Would he get owned by AD? Probably. Cause that's what they would do. But maybe on offense, it would have allowed us some five out opportunities and we might've hit a basket or somebody could hit a basket that wasn't named Kevin Durant in this game. So that's, 
that's my thought on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking to it. And really quick too, uh, Jonathan since 80 underscore 80 um, said agreed. And I guess they're talking about, look at me. I'm always picking like the last chat in there. I guess they're talking about Katie in there. Agreed point, <laughs> point Katie, not ideal for sure. Um, I just think that Katie, if the guys know what to do on the move and where to cut and stuff, he'll be fine. Cause I think John, you talked about Katie being our point guard, basically, right. Going to lead yeah. the team in assists. Yeah. It's it'll be there as soon as they have, you know, the turnovers come with stuff. it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I will say two things. One, Jordan Goodwin's better in campaign. I did write that Hell down. Yeah. Um, I am loving the uniforms more and more. Me too. Like I'm loving them. Like, these are beautiful. They're not the top jerseys we've ever had as a part of this organization, but like our lay, our away jerseys, again, it's the subtle things. It's the the white color of uh, the number on the back with the orange font instead of it being like orange and then gray. I don't know. I just you're watching it on national TV. You see the graphics. You see KD shooting in that jersey, and it just looks beautiful. And I thought that I just give that a quick little shout. Yeah, or we the- head on the subreddit. The Lakers and Suns, like it just looks good together too. Possible. That's a good thought. All right, you ready to tell me about what you saw on the subreddit? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Look, we're wearing the same hat. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> What's the front of your hat look like? Oh, let me see. I don't even know. Watch, it's a Lakers hat. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty close to mine. Oh, yeah, except uh-huh. mine, mine's a flexi fit, and you got the flat brim. All right, well, I was hanging out out there in Los Angeles, City of Angels. I was out there in the San Fernando Valley tonight, and this is what I saw on the subreddit. Letting old-ass Eric Gordon get tippins is not ideal. Uh, remember when Eric Gordon was getting tippins at the beginning of the game? That was fun. I swear to God, bruh, I miss the Kobe era so much. We used to thrash teams like this. They're still living in the past out there in L.A. I don't want to overreact, man, but we suck. <laughs> Please find a way to win this game because at this rate, <laughs> it's going to be like last year again. Then somebody responded, this proves Vogel wasn't the pro- or wasn't the problem. AD is so unserious. Some of y'all need a Xanax, man. And somebody responded, I'm already on Xanax. <laughs> uh, KD gets every call. I do want to say it's nice to have a player who gets a lot of whistles. You know, ultimately, we didn't shoot as many free throws as the Los Angeles Lakers did. We shot 23. They shot 29. That's kind of par for the course. Whenever you play the Lakers, they shoot more free throws. I literally did uh, research on that last year, and it's like 80% of their games in which they play, the Lakers shot more free throws than the opposition and the Suns, it was like 18%. Like we never, but, but the fact that you have Kevin Durant and he shot 13 free throws is something that uh, you have to appreciate because again, it's something that we don't necessarily know how to experience because Booker never gets to the line. They never give him the call. Yeah. Katie should have had more too. He got fouled on more shots. Oh, big time. And they mm-hmm. just, you know, they weren't giving him the Dame Lillard yes, treatment. I think Dame had, there. I think Dame had 17 free throws tonight, but yeah, he should have been up that high at, at very least. Uh, this is a good observation. And this was happening, obviously, during the third quarter where the Suns were having their way with the Lakers. Uh, a reminder, in that third quarter, the Phoenix Suns outscored them 32-24, to 24, shot 58% from the field, shot uh, 50% from beyond the arc. We're at the line. I mean, they just they had a really good quarter. And an, uh, somebody in the Lakers subreddit stated, watch the Suns on offense. Eubanks sets like 10 screens each possession. Players are moving. Durant is coming off screens. They're forcing switches and exploiting mismatches. Look at the Lakers offense. They're ball watching whoever has the ball. This is 100% on the coaches. What are your thoughts on that comment? That's nice. You know, and it had me thinking as you were saying that, it's like, you know what? It was moving good. I think when Katie got too tired, there was no more screens, no more running around screens. Yeah, I agree. Just that's for the what, shot. That's what it was in the fourth quarter. Is all that mm-hmm. ball movement that we saw went away, and everyone started doing just that. They started watching Kevin Durant yep. with the ball, and just him. That you know, he'd still get the screens, but, but he didn't want to go around the screens. I no. think he was too tired. He was he too tired. He used all that energy in the first half. He needed somebody else to do. He needed to have the ball up at the the top of the key and have cutters. And that's one thing I got to say. Who was it? There was somebody. 
I think it was Nurkic a couple times, man. He missed some wide open cutters, man. Eric Gordon cut, Grayson Allen cut, and they were like, it was like a touchdown pass, and he was just like, nah, and he passed it to KD out on the on the wing. I was like, oh man, miss those. Uh KD is like Omar from the wire. He coming. Shit. You watch the wire, right? Yeah, shit. shit. That one guy that says shit. Yeah, shit. shit. <laughs> I, I want to watch The Wire again, man. That's I got to rewatch the fucking it. show. I'm man. waiting to get wifed up over here, and then I can watch it again. Yeah, you know? I'm like, hey, honey, let's watch The Wire. And she's like, yeah. no, I'm watching Real Housewives. Uh, Ugh, Katie's beard is so disgusting. <laughs> but that shot is so pure. Facts, ladies and gentlemen. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. <laughs> I think we switched our hats back. <laughs> <laughs> I switched mine before, so I know it's funny. Uh, what else oh. did you have in your notes, Matthew? Hmm. Do 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 I don't have anything. It's funny. We always go over everything. We really do. The only thing is Yuda just defensively was kind of a little suspect tonight. He should have had yeah. like a, three, a third quick foul there. They let it go when he hit mm-hmm. Jackson Hayes in the face. But even even um, Justin, whatever, Justin Jefferson, whatever his Justin Van Dyne. <laughs> <laughs> whatever his name is. Um, but they were talking about, oh, it should have been a foul. Like when Jackson Hayes comes in and plays three explosive minutes. And he gets hit in the face, but he passed the ball out. It's like, they're not going to call that foul, man. But Yuda was a little suspect today. I just think that he's not really feeling himself defensively getting beat, trying to take charges yeah. and kind of like push himself into the guy. So it didn't look too good from him tonight. Yeah, he was scrambling on defense for sure. I mean, he only played 15 minutes of everybody who played for the Suns outside of Nasir Little tonight. He played the fewest amount of minutes. He was a negative 14 in that 15 minutes. So when he was on the court defensively, the Suns were trashing. Yeah. They were exploiting him, and he was willing to be exploited, kind of like your mom. So I think that moving forward, it's going to be something that he's going to come in and just be a fireball three-point shooter not being relied on defense because this the Lakers were smart. They were like, okay, Utah's out there. We're putting LeBron James out there too, and he's just going to assist in picking this guy apart. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, obviously some news. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll do some news afterwards. Let's go ahead and let's hand out some jam star of the game hardware. Jam star of the game. There's a reminder, if you're listening, go ahead, subscribe, uh, or give us a five-star rating, rather, on Apple Podcasts. You rate us five stars. You write a comment. We read it right here on the podcast. Yay. If you're watching it, a thumbs up, whatever the fuck. All right, Matthew, who are you giving your jam star of the game to? Jeez, who am I giving it to? Uh, Josh Akogi. Akogi? Yeah, sure. Let's give it to him. Why? Because Katie's going to win a bunch this year? <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to give it to Katie. Okay, fuck. I'm like, I'm typing this down now. I oh, gotta, <laughs> yeah, no, I of course a, I'm going to give it to Katie. I got a spreadsheet. It was his game tonight. LeBron can't coded. come in in the fourth and just all of a sudden just hit some layups. And it's like, oh, this is LeBron's game. No, Katie was there all in 21st fucking game. year. Yeah, it's Kevin fucking Durant. You know who he is. He's, he's Kevin Durant. That's that's an easy one for me. And he was he it was just so much fun to watch. I'm so happy that Kevin Durant's on our team, man. Seeing him, he was hustling his ass off tonight. I know. He was. He played uh, the entire first, the entire third. Uh, He created a bunch of one-on-one opportunities for himself, and that's how he really started to dissect the Los Angeles Lakers because when they would throw the doubles and the triples at him, he would pass out of them effectively, and and the Suns were assisting, and they were burning them. So ultimately, he got his matchups. I mean, just, just seeing him out there on your team, it's beautiful, man. I wish we had him like seven years ago when he was younger because I know we only got like two or three years of KD. But, man, he was fucking fantastic tonight, man. So that's who I get. If you take a look at the the Jamsters in the chat, Kiko's giving it to KD, as is Kevin Thomas. D-Wing24 gives it to J-O. The Sniper is from Joey Lucio. Blaze Megatron, one of our elite Jamsters, gives it to KD. KD Maya B to KD easy money. Uh, Corey Flynn, um, who scored the second most points? I literally have no clue. Not a good sign for the night. It was Eric Gordon. 
Jonesen gives it to KD. Uh, good win and honorable mention from Blaze Megatron. Aussie Suns fans, KD, obviously. We both were wrong in our prediction in the fact that the Suns would win this game. We take a look at the next game for the Phoenix Suns. That's incorrect. We play the Utah Jazz on Saturday. Uh, at home, our home opener <laughs> is against the Utah Jazz on the 28th, 7 p.m. We will be joined by Suns Geek as I will not be here. I will be attending a Halloween party. So I definitely will pop in dressed as Forrest <laughs> Gump. Uh, I will be Forrest Gump, and I'll, I'll just come on the podcast and just go, how about them Phoenix signs? Uh, but, yeah, looking at the Utah Jazz, is this a win or a loss for the Suns? <laughs> Yeah, let's go with a win, dude. Who knows who's gonna play, right? Yeah, true. I don't. Why do you think that was the Spurs, dude? Because we got two coming up. Oh, they played the them. They, yeah, they played them Halloween night. For, oh my god. Yeah, correct. They play them Halloween and then the second. So, yeah, I think this is a, a win for the Suns. The verdict is obviously still going to be out on Devin Booker. We don't know yeah. if he's going to be playing. Beal hopefully will play. That's what I'm really hoping. Uh as long as you got two of those guys out there, but obviously, you know, Katie went out and put out 39 minutes today. It's like, you know, you had a great piece uh, for bright side of the sun. That is the most viewed article that we have on the site today. And that's about how the early injury reports are going to affect Katie in the long run, because, you know, he shouldn't be shouldering an offensive load. What he did tonight is fantastic to watch, but it's not going to be expected as you stated in your article like you're going to get one good game out of KD a week we got it tonight like we shouldn't expect a 39 point performance on Saturday should we no not at all it's not like we're gonna get blown out I think the effort's gonna be there from everybody else but KD just cannot do that again I don't think but he he already proved me wrong because I kind of thought the way he started the first tonight where he was gonna kind of just look like all game I thought it was gonna be that all game where he's just kind of missing shots he proved me wrong so if he can come out and just have another good maybe half, this team has a chance. I mean, Utah's not that great of a team, obviously, but Katie might get us to win this time. I really hope he does, man. I hope he does. I just hope we get a dub, man. Losing to the Jazz. Win. I don't want to be one and two. I don't want to be one and two. It just sounds gross. Yuck. Sounds absolutely gross. It's like a fancy team. <laughs> start one and two always. Yeah. yeah, that is how you always start. I finally got a loss of fantasy. It was very upsetting this weekend. What? What are you talking about? In basketball? Oh, yeah. No, not basketball. I was talking about fantasy football. Um, the NBA hates Phoenix. That's that's what I got. That's what I got to throw out there. Oh, Since yeah. Spoke, two things have happened to the fans. I want to get your thought on these. The first one, the Suns lost a second-round pick for tampering for Drew Eubanks. Doesn't everybody do that? Like, there's a moratorium, all this stuff, and now we're fucking. We're, we're, we're how do they come up with that? Tampered. How do they know who? Like, I'm sure there was a report that was put out there, but how do they seriously know? Like, hey, they were talking to Drew Eubanks before they can actually talk to him. Like, how like, do they figure that, that out? Information, yeah. Like, somebody submitted a text message. Like, well, the Suns Drew like Eubanks. Been, yeah, like he's good, but like, what tampering on Drew Eubanks? They're gonna find anything they can. And we got like we got no picks, and then they, they take one from us. That's, I don't think, I think they it, like, the league doesn't like Ishbia now because Ishbia is like fuck all your 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 fucking like uh, aprons and all that shit. We're just gonna spend as much money as we can here in Phoenix, and they hate that. And they're like, oh okay, well we'll take a second round pick. We'll try to hamper you. And then they hit Josh Akogi with a flopping so foul, two thousand bucks. He was fine for flopping in the last game. I don't remember when it occurred. I don't. I can tell either. you three times when it happened against us. Yes. Uh, not to us. What? But Josh Akogi's the one. Who, how many other players have been hit with a flopping foul to start the season? I don't think that there's been anybody Nobody. else. We would have heard about it. And LeBron yeah. didn't either. That won the first game of the season. Like, you know what I mean? You see it all the time. And Okogi, you would know for sure. But they had to, like, really dig into tape then and be like, all right, well, he didn't get touched at all. And he took yeah. a flop. Like, I don't I don't see it. We would call it, too. Like, I, you know, Chris Paul flops. All of them flop. Oh yeah, Kogi doesn't flop to me. He doesn't. He no. takes charges for real. Yeah, I just I felt persecuted. I felt persecuted these What's past next? couple of days. Yeah, like what is next? Like What's, what kind of twenty five game uh, suspension for a diuretic do you have up your sleeve now? NBA bunch of is that why Beal's really sitting out? <laughs> it's a silent protest. 
He actually is uh, a diuretic. They just didn't release yeah, it. No, that's diabetic. Uh, he, he's diabetic. Yeah, <laughs> not diuretic. He's got diabetic. <laughs> he, uh, the court is like insulin. So he's got to, <laughs> he's got to get away from there. Childhood trauma. Hey, I think we'll, uh, we'll take a couple moments at the back end of this podcast. Just do mm. some childhood trauma. Nice. So a uh, couple suggestions in the chat. Uh, Kiko. Sports trauma, a game or a series. I mean, we're trauma bonded human beings. Yeah. Do you have a specific game or a series yeah. that just ripped your heart out? Uh, well, I mean, when I was a child, I used to um, I used to go to a lot of Cardinals games, and my brother in law was a Giants fan, so I used to always pay my face. And I was a Cowboys fan, but I would used to love to go to games, and I would root for the Giants too, so I pay my face Giants colors. We sat on the upper deck, old ASU Stadium, of course. Yeah trash out there just people people are trash they they would just never leave me alone i don't know what i don't, I don't know if they're attracted to me or something these guys are it was weird but like i was like eight or nine years old painting my face and i just remember these guys like always so drunk and there was one time when uh this guy would not leave me alone he like followed me around and was like like harassing me dude it was the weirdest thing I how never, old were like, you i was like eight or nine i was super young and i went back to my seat and my brother-in-law and everybody was there. And the guy came up there. He kept yelling at me. And they almost like started fighting him and stuff. So Jeez. I guess he had no idea who I was with or whatever. But it was a really weird time for me when that was happening. So, yeah, that was kind of traumatic. Yeah, that's I, I can see that trauma. I think uh, trying to think of traumatic, like, in-person events, going to games. I, I, I remember my first baseball game. Uh, my first football game, my first basketball game, none of them were traumatic. I remember one of the most upset I've ever been after a game was back in 95 when the Suns lost for the second consecutive year in game seven to the Houston Rockets in the second round or Western Conference Finals, whatever it was. And Mario Eli hitting the, the daggers. And I remember just throwing a remote and like just being so upset for weeks. Because I honestly thought that that team was was something they were. This was the year. Like, there's no Jordan in the league. This is the year, and I was so so unbelievably upset. But I will say one that I experienced in person. You know, obviously this isn't childhood trauma. This is more of adult trauma because I could buy my own tickets. Although these are tickets that my mom got me for my my birthday or for Christmas one year. Big Notre Dame fan. Going to see Notre Dame play ASU at ASU Stadium. Oh shit! Every time I saw Notre Dame, uh, I but. ASU Stadium, Notre Dame ranked. I get to see them. Got great seats, and Notre Dame just gets fucking blown out. Just plays like shit right off the bat. And of course, everybody's happy. And then I went to the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago when Ohio State came to town with Ezekiel Elliott and Notre Dame played, and we had Jalen Smith and like Ezekiel Elliott did a juke move on Jalen Smith, and he non-contact just like blew his knee out. He was done. Notre Dame just gets fucking thrashed in the Fiesta Bowl. I wake up early on a january 1st morning to drive out there in the cold to, to go see notre dame just get butt fucked on on in person it was just it, that was traumatic that really that really didn't that really didn't make me feel good uh blaze megatron's got one more than we'll get out of here childhood trauma subject biggest lie my parents ever told me mm, you got one i don't know yet um i mean of course you could say Santa they took Con me to church my whole life that was bullshit huh yeah, I, don't, I went to church this last week. I'm like, you know, I need to come back more. I like it. It's nice yeah. and soothing. You know, it's it might be a new thing. It might be coming back. Um, a big lie. Shit, I don't know. I mean, the whole life is a lie. I don't that think they loved me. Adults. Yeah, that they loved me. <laughs> that it wasn't my fault for the divorce. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, everything. They lied to me my whole life. That's what you do to kids. You lie to them the whole yeah, time. You just don't you grow up and realize, oh, yeah, it was a fucking lie. Yeah. Uh, they lied to me that they were responsible financially. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one because yeah, it is. so much, as you mentioned, is parents lying to their kids just to shut us up in the back seat or whatever. Are we almost there yet? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, that's all we really got there. So, I think that's what we got on this podcast. Suns lose. Okay. One-on-one. -on -one, okay. We play the Jazz next. We only got 80 more games to go until the playoffs. So hopefully Devin Booker will play this season. Uh, I will say that I'm looking forward to 
the news that Devin Booker's okay to play because you know with an MRI pending and I mean that's that's scary stuff and I hope that he's obviously okay. You know, I feel bad for Kevin Durant. It's like, fuck, can I just have the two other guys that I want to play with? I know. Can I just play with them for the love of Pete? It doesn't make any sense, man. It really doesn't. It's it's a son's thing, dude. I'm surprised we got this KD game today. I'm blown away that we actually got a KD game. I'm serious. Would have been nice in the victory. So, anyways, Jamsters, again, thanks for hanging out with us after the post game, as per usual. The Suns Jam Session Podcast, shooting the shit about the Phoenix Suns since 2019. Matthew, what can they do? Go home, love your family. Even if they lie to you.